Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode number 108 of the Hobbies and Happies podcast, where we talk about the hobby that makes us happy card games. I'm your host, Dan. I'm Jim, and today we're talking with our main man, Main Deck Dan. Nice. like it. Very, very well thought out, my friend. Uh, yeah, so we, we've got an enjoyable conversation with uh, the man himself, uh, Main Deck Dan. But before we get to that conversation... We've got to talk about our sponsor. If you head over to our affiliate link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness, you can sign up for your free 30-day trial of Amazon's Audible service. Right When you sign up, you get a free audiobook added to your account. What's better is if your name is on Prime member, you get two free credits added to your account. So when you sign up, follow that link, you get those free credits, and then you can exchange those credits for a free audiobook on the service. You know what? One day you might eventually be able to get is the Alpha Clash oh novel. The audiobook tier has been unlocked, ladies and gentlemen. So yes. um, I will tell you, I'll be sure to let you guys know when that gets produced. And Honestly, on, that was a and great idea. On, it 100% is. Great idea. 100% is. It's not there yet, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but you want to have that credit on Amazon Audible. That way you can be ready for it when it gets on there because, guys, it is a fantastic book. So, again, Follow that link, www.audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. Sign up for your free 30 trial today. And then again, if you cancel before the end of that 30 days, you still get to keep that credit on your account. So again, audibletrial.com forward slash hobbies and happiness. Sign up today. All right. So today we have another interview, a fantastic Ooh. conversation. We talked with another Dan, Dan number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is on the channel Main Deck. Uh, I love that name. We talked we talked about that a little bit. It's, it's a great. Fa- it's fantastic. It's not a side name. deck. Not a side deck. Not an auxiliary deck. Mm-hmm. It is the main deck. Mm-hmm. So um, perfect, perfectly chosen. Very, mm-hmm. very well done. You guys can check out his channel over on YouTube at Main Deck. Talks all just like us. He talks about a ton of different card games. So we talk about four specific card games in the episode. We talked about My Hero. We talked about Star Wars Unlimited. We talked about Altered. Altered. And then we talked about one other. Grand Archive. Grand Archive. Yes. There we go. It was Grand Archive. Thank you. Uh, so we learned some new games, uh, games that we haven't really talked about on the channel. Um, so yeah, we let Dan tell us all about these games and why uh, you we should play them, why other people should play <laughs> them. So I'm just going to get out of the way and let's get into that conversation with main deck Dan himself. All right, today on the podcast, we are joined by Mr. Main Deck Dan from the YouTube channel. Main Deck Dan, how are you doing today? And how does it feel to be no- the number two Dan in the room? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you, both you, number one Dan and Jim as well. You guys, have, I've just loved your podcast, been a ton of fun. So when you invited me on, I couldn't wait. Awesome, awesome. All right, well, let's let's jump into it. So today, what we're going to do um, is we're, we've got about four games to talk about, uh, three of which I don't really think we've talked about on the channel at all. Um, one we, we have, and we're quite excited about it. Um, but before we get into that, Dan, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and kind of how long you've been in the TCG space? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have been, it's been, man, like 20 years-ish now, I think, that I've been playing TCGs. I'm an, I'm an old, I think I'm an old school now at this point. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, there used to be the old school above me who were like, oh, I was there when magic was founded and stuff. But <laughs> at this point, I feel like I'm, 
I've maybe finally gotten there. I started uh, a lot like uh, some of your other guests in the past. I started with the Star Wars customizable card game. So yes, um, yes. Though, I mean, that was trial by fire, by the way. And you're like a nine year old trying to play that thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, so, I can imagine. Yeah, I, I got into that and then I bounced around Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. Um, I, I actually played Pokemon. By the way, I didn't just collect it when I was no a kid. So. <laughs> yeah, I I was yeah referencing one of your previous episodes too. There, man. Every time I listen to your episodes, I'm like, I wish I were in this conversation. <laughs> He's like, I was one of the few at Toys R Us on that Saturday pre-release. No were one else there? was there because I was Toys R Us exactly. I know. <laughs> oh, for real, man. Yeah, like I, I bounced around. I played so many games. Dragon Ball Z from Score, uh, Duel yeah. Masters. Boy, oh, one uh, of my favorites. Inuyasha. Anyone play that one? That was a weird one. That was I a had fun some one. Cards. Though. That was it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I played. I played games forever. Um, finally, you know, after years and years of playing these games, uh, got a job at the local game store. Became a judge for Magic. I dabbled in judging some other games before then, too. Um, I learned that when you become a judge for Friday Night Magic at your local store, you don't actually play anymore at that point. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which was uh, unfortunately sort of a harsh reality that I had to go through there. And I just started basically purely judging at that point. <laughs> um, and then following that, uh, I got into the, I mean, like this point, I'm like 2014, got into the Dragon Ball Z game. Uh, when it get relaunched from Panini, I have some of these back here somewhere too. No, maybe I don't actually. Anyway, um, <laughs> they uh, they invited me. I became one of the highest level judges for that game as well. Um, uh, nice. Super Saiyan three level judge is what it was called. <laughs> he went further beyond. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was you know, a lot of this was like small games like like big fish in a small pond scenarios right i like it's right. not like i was a really a quote unquote big deal but to like 12 other people they knew my name so i guess that was yeah. kind of cool <laughs> yes 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 um dragon ball z collapsed panini invited me to help develop a card game for them that's what i actually have back here the metacross tcg Ooh, i was a developer nice. on the short-lived metacross tcg um <laughs> And during that time was when I decided, you know, content creation sounds really fun. And I jumped on to YouTube and I made the current channel by a different name. It went through like three different names before it is yeah. main deck now. And I finally like settled on something I like actually like. Mm -hmm. um, I love the name, by the today. way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thank you so much. It's yeah. beautiful. He's the main deck. He's yes. not a side deck. Yes. He's always the main <laughs> piece. Yes. You know, yeah. There I mean, go. that was honestly, that was like, that was part of it. When, when I was sitting there trying to think of like, I, I went through a couple of just like honestly stupid names in retrospect. I'm like, why did I even <laughs> think that was a good name? And I sat there and thought of it. And I thought like every deck has a main deck. And I love this connotation of it. It gives you this idea that it, this is the main channel right. or something, you know, right. which, you know, we're, we're still relatively small, but, um, growing and, uh, and really enjoying that. Having a, having a great time. We have a wonderful community. Our community on discord has just been incredible popping off. We've been running leagues, online leagues for a bunch of games. And, um, it's just, yeah, it's just, I'm having such a blast, uh, with where we're at right now. And especially with the, the wealth of incredible TCGs out today. Right. Mm. Right. All right. So before we continue, Jim, uh, Jim, Jim's got a question that we always throw at people who have a background in Magic the Gathering, and we know you do. So yeah. Jim, take it away. 
It is also in his background. Yeah, it it's is. Not just it's his background, literally but it's in his background. For those of you just listening to the podcast and not wa- and not watching, first of all, what are you doing? What I mean, you, if you can't, it's okay. Are you here? <laughs> it's literally go, in go it. in the background of of the frame for Dan. So go yeah. ahead, Jim. All right. So in Magic: The Gathering, there are five colors and a colorless color. But we don't talk about that one. Um, in it, what are your favorite colors to play? Multiple colors or singular. And depending on how you answer, it's really only one wrong answer. Uh, it'll just define the rest of the conversation. So, uh, you know, having listened to your podcast a fair amount, Please I am quite familiar with the wrong answer here, but I'm going to assure you that it I'm is. not just trying to butter Jim up right now. Oh, um, man. <laughs> hold on. Let me get ready. Ooh, all right, I'm ready. I Honestly, you ask any of my friends what I play, you're going to... I play everything, first of all. I do play everything. I dabble in it all. I have, like... I think over there I have a bag with, like, 12 commander decks in it. But... <laughs> My favorite the most the most common color that I play among all my decks and when I even when I'm playing construction everything is black um, and secondarily I am a big control fan so blue black is like just really blue right. white sometimes but I love the blue black control big fan beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that that's a good answer. Mm-hmm. That that's fair. All right, we, I can live with that. Jim. Honestly, you pick any of the colors <laughs> of red, black, blue, and white for a control list, and you kind of do pretty well. Is there has uh, there ever yeah. been is there ever been such a thing as green control? So um, there were turbo fog decks. Yes. Yeah, turbo yeah, fog decks true. have, have been. There's been a couple of meta games where turbo fog actually was like a you know, a top tier. There was one recently as yeah, well. Relatively in yeah. standard. Yep. In standard. Yeah. yeah. When you had Uro and growth spiral legal, it was, and Oko, uh, just nonsense, just Whoa. nonsense. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Everyone wretches when they hear that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what was the buy a box promo that was taken? Nexus of fate. Nexus, Nexus of, fate of fate with fog stuff. Oh, yeah, what was, an idea that was. That was. Oh, yeah. Dude. <laughs> 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 Buy a box how about everyone just has free repeatable time locks, yeah. whatever they want? The best part was, since it was foil, once you're just curled, you couldn't just get a new non-foil version of it or utilize one as a proxy. So if your card were ever curled in a tournament, they would bring you something that wasn't a real card. It would just be like, oh, here's in place of your broken one. In place of your physically actual broken card. Yes, yes. Ooh, can I do some foreshadowing? Yes, Uh-oh. go ahead. Boy, it would be incredible to have a game at some point where if you needed to just print a non-foil version of a card, you just could go ahead and <laughs> pop on and over it. That would That'd be, be cool. Sick. I'm 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 super excited to actually talk about that. But before we get to that game, <laughs> before we get to that game, we're going to talk about the, the first so I told you earlier, we got four games we're going to talk about. The first one we're going to touch on is uh is My Hero. <clears throat> My Hero Academia, Jim and I have Great show. Yes. What we have, like, a little more than zero experience, we played it at Gen Con. Isn't that what we played? We did. Okay. Now, um, we'll we'll get to... We'll get to our thoughts here in a second, but um, for each of these games, there's going to be kind of three questions we're going to touch on. Number one, why you're excited about it, why you're playing it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Let's start with that. (laughs) Why, Why are you excited about... Um, my hero. Why? Because um, you've you've done content about this game in the past. Uh, so, what excites you about my hero? 
Yeah, these, I mean, uh, all four of these games are just games that uh, uh, on main deck, they're kind of our our core games that we're pushing. Um, mm-hmm. And all of them, I mean, like, I'm just going to get this out of the way right now. All of these are games where I just, like, for one, I purely just enjoy playing them. I think they're really just fun experiences to dive into. Obviously, you know, I'm like you guys. Card games are fun, just in general. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so, like, that's that's kind of just a gimme answer. But, um so My Hero Academia is is actually officially known as Universe's CCG, um, previously known as the Universal Fighting System CCG. And that's actually something a lot of people don't know. It's kind of a weird quirk right now, at, pun intended, of how they are uh, <laughs> how they're marketing the game is um, it it really comes off as it's the My Hero CCG uh, because of how licensing deals have kind of worked right. with this game in the past. <clears throat> right. Um, but my hero is is the they're currently in my hero block and they're they're heading into the sixth set of my hero sets in a row uh, in a game that previously featured a crazy amount of different IPs constantly. We're talking like the prior to this in kind of like reverse chronological order, if I can remember this or like Soul Calibur, Yu Yu Hakusho, um, a, a game, uh, a game called Seventh Cross, which was really funny because it was a. It was in this game, they made a, a trading card game set for a board game that hadn't been produced yet. And then the board game took years. The pandemic happened and they canned it. So what ultimately happened was that the seventh cross set is like the only official seventh cross thing released. So it's That's like, hilarious. That, that is funny. It's kind of like its own wow. IP now. But yeah, yeah, prior to that, like Mortal Kombat, Cowboy Bebop, Mega Man, like so much stuff was in UFS before wow. this. Um, Street Fighter too, of course. There's more that, IPs but. than Weiss Schwartz. <laughs> well, I don't know about that now. <laughs> Weiss is pretty crazy. It's been around for like eight to ten yeah. years, range of that. Yeah. Weiss, Weiss had Disney before Lorcana did too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, in Japan only, but anyway, right, right. um, so what I love about universes, I mean, I, I love this like eclectic grouping of IPs. I think it's just really funny to be like, I'm playing mega man against spike Spiegel and stuff like just like really <laughs> off the wall pairings sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, was just one of the things that first got me like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Um, you play this game though, and universes is such a unique game system. Um, and it's out of all the games, out of all the TCGs I played, it's either number one or number two in the most insanely complex board states that like no player should be expected to be able to handle. And like when you go to your first universes tournament and you're trying to play competitively, I like my first one about round three or four, I had literally a splitting headache. I'm like, I cannot think this hard. That That does not surprise me. (laughs) Now I want to be clear. Like that's, you know, that that's um, not a, necessarily a good thing, but it does mean that when you really start to like when you start to get muscle memory for some of this stuff, you start getting into the game, you start to recognize card patterns based on just like images on the board. You see the card across there and your brain starts to go, OK, I only need to think about that during this particular situation. Right. right. You kind of develop those your plasticity of your brain. You develop these neurons. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, it gets easier. And when you get to that stage. Oh my goodness, the competitive play in universes is just at this like insanely high level. It's so crazy. The difference between me and some of our like the like uh, Mitch who's part of the main deck team is like our best UFS player for sure, and he is like he's on a different 
he's like God tier compared to me. I'm just like a, a poor, a puny peasant on the ground. I feel like he's, he's going to blush if I, if he hears this, but, um, but for real, like that, when I first saw that, when I like got into it and I was like, how am I so much worse with like my, you know, two decades of card game experience. You generally, so there's some transfer, right? Knowledge transfer. Mm-hmm. When you jump into right. games, I was like, it's like, I'm just, it's like, I've never played a card game before in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that so fascinating verses, but it's not universal (laughs) at all. Wow. That's Jim. No wonder you're the guy who does the openings. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. No wonder you're the guy who does the openings. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But yeah, I mean like it's that combination of just a very unique play system with this like insane depth. Once you get into it, Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a crackerjack system. It's really fun. I love it. How many times through understanding the game, like learning how to play, did it take for you to to know, like, hey, this is something I'm going to enjoy? Because um, I'll, I'll be honest, when we played it at Gen Con, granted, we we played it like once. Yes, we played it once, it like what two or three <clears throat> turns, if that. It, it was a couple turns. Yeah. Jim, what did you say to me? What did oh, you say? Man. Because you noticed something about me. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> at some point playing the game, Dan just Dan just disconnected from it emotionally and mentally. He's just like, I don't even care. Dude's talking to him, and Dan's just like, whatever, man. <laughs> is that is that how it really looked, dude? That's exactly how it looked. <laughs> so so, and it's it's funny though because in all honesty, I was trying so hard to listen and comprehend. Yeah. It was just. The entire the system was just so very foreign to yeah, me. Yeah, it was yeah. something that I was not used to yeah. and was like, I'm trying to make connections. And you just talked about knowledge transfer. I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, where is there something to where I'm like actually used to this type of mechanic? And it was like nowhere yeah. for me. So I'm just like, I'm trying to learn and understand. And it's not that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just I was searching. Yeah. I was searching and yeah. trying to find out, okay, what's something that's going to make this understandable for mm-hmm. me? And like, I didn't get there, but that's not to say I didn't have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 guy who was helping us, he did a really good job. Yeah. But you could tell he's been playing this for a while. He knows everything about it. And I'm just like, all right, I understand how it is like talking to a, new, a complete noob. I get it. I get it. So my question to you then is like, how long did it take you to actually understand the game well enough to where you could sit down and play competitively? Well, competitively, I don't know if I can do that yet. <laughs> um, comfortably, no, we'll, we'll we'll say comfortably. comfortably. I yeah, like I played in a few pretty competitive events, and um, and I I felt like I did okay, but it was one of those situations where I came out of it like, oh, I know exactly where I completely screwed myself in That's like important. six yep, six of the ten games today, yep. you know for sure. Yep. So, and the other four are just a mystery. I don't know why I got destroyed, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> Well, yeah, and and you know what? One thing you guys I'm sure noticed too is that there is a there's a very just like obvious RNG element in the game in the resource system, right? Oh, Which is like goodness. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. Is <laughs> and I can see that, right? Like I and I get that. I I always try and say, you know, not every TCG is for everybody. We have the benefit mm-hmm. right now of having so many card games on the market. If there's a game you're not enjoying, like, okay, go just that's good. There's, prob- find there's probably one that you will enjoy. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for the, for universes, I mean, I think right away as someone, you know, and I, I, I approach this, which I'm sure you guys do this too. I approach this from sometimes from a tabletop gamer perspective, like a board board gaming perspective, mm-hmm. um, because there's a period of my life where I was only board games all the time too. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So I just, I saw that system of like, I play the card to the card pool, I make a check and that determines how much I extra I might have to pay in, or if I even have to pay anything extra in order to like play that card. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw that and I thought, well, that's, that's weird. That's interesting. And like my brain, instead of kind of like recoiling, and I think everyone's going to have a different reaction to this. I was immediately like, well, I got to see how this plays out. I got to, like, I got to, I got to play with this a little bit. I got to see where right. I can push boundaries. Like, how does this work? Um, then you get into the, uh, like an attack sequence and then you see like players are taking turns playing enhances and you're, it's like, you're, it's like, you're kind of, you're just trying to, you're trying to do a little tug of war to like one up each other a little bit, just ultimately have this attack be a little more on your side than on your opponent. So you can like try to push your, your, uh, actually win your win condition. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw that stuff, even it was in the first game, even I saw that and I was like, okay, I can tell there's something here. But it it is going to take me a few games to, like, understand this. And it did. And I, I did. I had to start playing a play a few games of it before I started. To, it started to click with me. And I was like, OK, like, I get this flow. I understand this. I see where cards are good. I see where cards aren't so good. And one thing that, you know, I, I understand about the game now that I didn't quite understand then is that it's one of those games um, where I think there's this very thin margin between cards that are quite good <laughs> and cards that are not, you know, ultimately not great, like from a competitive perspective. Mm-hmm. And every TCG has sort of a different sort of, I don't know, range of cards that you are like acceptably playable or not. Universes, I think, has a lot of characters that are certainly playable, but it has some cards that just push the boundaries of it. So if you end up like going against those decks with a deck that's like a, a lower tier, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's not much of a game <laughs> sometimes. Right. Yeah, it's um, rough. So like the rogue but, decks aren't really too good. It's just some people like to play them. I think the but the, the interesting thing about the game is that the games the game's resource system instead of having five or six colors, it has twelve. Right, uh, and the card pool becomes every single card has three different resources on it so it means it's as it's as if every card was like mm. you can play this in a red deck a blue right. deck or a green deck. right <clears throat> right but then there's also nine other <laughs> colors on top of that and you pick one right. of them to play with um mm. and when you know when you add that in in this massive card pool it it does mean that there is so much actual like rogue potential in there if you just find mm-hmm. the right sequence of like good cards uh and a decent character and then like a metagame strategy that you're using just to like to outwit some of the popular decks uh you can like the last tournament that the last regional they had up in new york they had um (laughs) seven like three completely off the radar characters in the top eight um they were random mafia characters from the, the like yakuza arc in uh i don't know if you guys are familiar with like the like i think it's season four of my hero or whatever but like they go they it's like they fight the mob basically and (laughs) for this set this this set the uh, undaunted raid they're like let's just make every yakuza guy into a character so i don't know half of these people i don't remember them they're like (laughs) you're in like five minutes of an episode where they just got like punched out and then Mm -hmm. you know that's it but uh boom like top eight regional with that character because they found the right combination of stuff. You know, I think that's so cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I've got another question. I think I want to ask about each of these games, uh, real real quick. Can I throw something in about the game? Sure. So when we were playing at, all right, it's kind of a confession when we were (laughs) playing at Gen Con, right. I was kind of chatting up the guy a bit more Uh than you. Yeah, you were, you were, you definitely noticed. Um, 
But I don't know if that's just a problem I have when it's learning these games, just making other people around me have fun. But I was kind of chatting him up. That's not a problem, though, Jim. (laughs) But this is this here. Check this out. Okay. I did it so that way he would kind of just tell me what to play. (laughs) Because I didn't understand the game at all. He's like, oh, this is the phase where you do this. And I just turned my brain off and did it. That's right. I, I just I remember, started yeah. throwing things out there, talking to this guy. I'm like, what do I do here? And he's like, play this and this. I'm like, cool. Boom, boom. <laughs> That's fact, why it's a problem. Fact check true. He did do that. <laughs> yeah. That that's funny. All right, back to the question at hand. <laughs> no, you're good. Um <laughs> that is funny though. <laughs> that's very funny. Oh man. Um, okay. So for each of these games, why should somebody play My Hero? Like who, what, what is, uh, or who is My Hero targeting? Like what kind of players uh, would be fun or or would look at My Hero and and have a good time, you think? It's a tough question because this, this game is actually going through, the company is going through a transition period right now. Um, Mm -hmm. They were previously called Jasco. They, they were recently... I'm not going to go into the details, but basically they were acquired by a couple of people who played the game, thought it was dope, wanted to invest in. They they basically they were like they're like these guys are awesome, by the way. I just want to be really clear before I jump to this. Paul Paul and Lohan are super cool guys. They but the the perspective that you can easily kind of take from the outside is like they kind of just picked a horse to bet on. They're like, well, Mm. they they were they came from sort of uh, a an investing background and they're like, yep, what's a game where. I think we can just take this thing to the moon and they couldn't yep. pick a game yep. that was already on the moon. So it's like magic's yeah. out. They're like, like, it's not like they're yep. going to go buy Hasbro or something, you yep. know? Um, right. Right. But they're like, this game looks pretty cool. And they, and they yeah. played the game. They love it. They got into it. Um, and now the company's transitioning from a, a, like literally like a four person company to uh, like a 50 person company. I don't know what it might be fake news, that number, but it's like, they've got a lot of people now sure. Um, sure. that are working on the game. And sure. I think their target is really changing. And so I think if you ask me this question again in a couple months, when we had know even just like a little bit more about what's going on, um, mm-hmm. I would have a much more clear answer for you. My answer for the My Hero Academia phase when Jasco runs it is I have no clue who I th- they I think they were targeting. I think it was um, j- just the established player base and then anyone who thinks My Hero is cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Sure. It's like... Not necessarily, I think, a winning strategy at that point for uh, growing your game well. Right. Um, right. But what I think this company knows is that they have a game system that is truly unique. And a lot of people who want to get competitive in a card game will find it and explore it. And and they may get really into this game. Mm-hmm. And they want to really play that to their advantage. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, they need IPs that people care about because I'm going to be, t- I'm going to be honest, seventh cross, not a high selling set. <laughs> that right. one didn't, right. didn't move a lot of cases. Um, right. so my hero was like a boon to them because like, wow, like brand recognition right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the weird thing is you toss this anime game out there for like, like, let's, let's look at games like one piece, right? Where Bandai just tosses out a popular anime IP. They make it a, easy to get into the game, super like mm-hmm. simple resource system, fun game. I, I like one piece too. Really cool. But like what an easy, like game to just start playing. It plays kind of like how games, you know, it, it takes questions that like, Oh, how do I play resources? It just plays it from the top of your deck. You don't have to worry about it. Don't, don't even stress, um, curves you right through. 
every turn of the game, by the way, games with curves work so much easier for learning than universes where you can just play anything right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and universes is basically the exact opposite of all that, but they toss on this, my hero license that like you expect you could just get into and play and it doesn't really come off that way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think they're, I think they have a struggle and they're, and they have to continue to work on it. Um, mm-hmm. the next set Jetburn, they're, they're revamping card images, card layouts. They're really making things look nice for collectors, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, those collectors are still going to be like you guys, they're going to play the game and be like, I don't, uh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Honestly, like I'm being frank with you guys because yeah. you're like, yeah. I'm on your channel, not on my channel. So I'm going to be totally frank. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but it's a, it's a great game. They just have to figure that out. <laughs> Um, all right, so so that's my hero. Um, it's definitely an interesting game, and guys, if you want to learn more about the game, you can definitely go check out uh, Dan's videos over on over on his channel. If you want to if you want to learn more about my hero, um, the next game we're going to talk about here is uh, is Grand Archive. Grand Archive is a relatively new TCG. Um, did it launch on Kickstarter initially? Was it yes. an initial launch on Kickstarter? Yep. Okay, that's what I thought. <clears throat> So Grand Archive, I mean, honestly, this game has been going around social media for the past few months. Um, it's been, honestly, when it first came out, it it, it it was very popular from what it seemed like. them. They did a pretty big marketing push um, from, from, uh, from my perspective, from the outside looking in, right? So um, let's talk about that a little bit. So tell us a little bit about the game, um, like what, what the game is, what it's about, um, and then what you're excited about, why you're enjoying the game. Yeah, Grand Archive is, the way they bill it is it's an anime-themed card game uh, with Western game design. So the idea is like low numbers. Um, I mean, things are written, like their comprehensive rules are very much modeled after Magic's comp rules. Um, the game uses a similar stack system. A, a, there's a lot of similarities um, to to games like Magic, but it's got a very unique resource system where you mm-hmm. set cards from your hand down to play cards. And then the next turn you can banish those to play cards from a separate deck. And then anything left over, you return back to your hand. So as you draw cards in the game, you gain both more flexibility, but you also gain more resources to work with, um, which you then may spend to, uh, one of the things you do from that extra deck, your material deck is to level up your champion, um, with the goal of becoming increasingly more powerful, reaching a level where you can play uh, some of the strongest cards in the game and then beating your opponent's champion down by attacking with allies or throwing attacks uh, directly from your champion, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the thing I love about this game is, um, I mean, w- number one, I just think the company's awesome. Um, the The company is doing really, really good things. They're, they're one of the most involved small TCG companies, like directly involved with uh, with their player base and they're the company that um, I think I said this a little bit in uh, in the interview that video that we posted as well. We we uh, we chat, chatted with Alan, who's one of the one of the team members at Weebs the Shore, um, and they are uh, they're like a they're a small company that punches way above their weight class. They you wouldn't mm-hmm. necessarily think by just like looking on the outside that they're as small as they are, um, mm-hmm. but they they're they do a lot of things really right in how they respond to uh the the needs of the player base very balanced approach but very smart approach answering the things that need to be answered the game itself is extremely fun it's competitively uh like it's it's i think similar to universes one of those games where 
it, when you really get to that competitive echelon of stuff, <laughs> it's it's quite a bit more powerful than some of the casual stuff. And I think that's something that I'd like to see them continue to try and work on a little bit. Um, but there's a very diverse metagame right now. They've done very well in kind of balancing things out to uh, create a lot of viable decks. Um, and the game just, it, it plays kind of like games you know, but in its own way. And it's uh, with the aesthetic, I just really enjoy it. Okay. So the, 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 the mechanic that I found very interesting, now granted, I haven't played this game at all. Jim, have you played it at all? No. Okay. I watched a quarter of a game. I was going to say, I've watched people play it, and I'm probably about the same as you at Gen Con. We watch, yeah. Lee, we watch Liam play it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the whole putting cards from your hand down and then getting them back just mm. seems, that's another like mechanic that just seems foreign foreign to me. Can you can you uh, talk us through that? Um, <clears throat> is that, is that, that's the reason, is that the resource system? Is that correct? Yeah. Yep, that's okay. the resource system. So how, how, how does that work exactly? Okay, so I guess we'll go through a little journey of the mind's eye here. So you imagine sure. you have a card in your hand. It's a it's an ordinary bear is what it's called. It's literally the name of a card in the game, too. Um, so the ordinary bear costs three resources. It's a two-two two two. for two? <laughs> it is a, a two-three for three. No, it's not a grizzly okay. bear. It's an ordinary bear. Oh, okay. Got Come on, it. they're different. <laughs> Sorry. Uh the ordinary bears in this game are a little bit scarier than grizzly bears, actually, for whatever reason. So, yeah. um, so it costs three. And what that means is you're going to have to have this card in your hand, the bear you're playing, and you have three more cards at least. You choose any three cards in your hand other than the bear, um, mm -hmm. and then you put them face down into a zone called your memory. And then you put the bear into play. Now, on the subsequent turn, you will have a phase where you can materialize from your deck. And this is this is where, like, this is really the wrinkle that makes this very interesting, is that when you materialize from your material deck, it's like a one play per turn uh, thing that in... I'm trying to think of a good analog, but, um, like, it's kind of like an extra deck in Yu-Gi-Oh, I guess, but if you could only use it once per turn. Um, it's really, if you play Flesh and Blood, it's like your... In some ways, it's like your, your arsenal in Flesh and Blood of uh, just a bunch of cards, an armory of stuff you have set aside... Uh, usually it's like if you're playing the warrior, you have some swords in there. You might have some trinkets and baubles that do certain things. And you, your champion has levels. Your main character has levels. So you level up from that deck as well. Hmm. And um, to play cards from there, you need to banish at random cards from your memory. So if you chose to play nothing on your previous turn, you actually you have a very limited use of your material deck the next turn. You can only materialize things that cost zero. Um, whereas if you played three cards, if you played that ordinary bear, you had three cards in there, you could play anything with up to cost three. Now cost three things would be quite rare because that's a lot of cards to completely banish from your hand. It's like, it's playing it, play, imagine a card in magic that says in additional cost to cast this, you have to discard three cards. Like, yeah, that card's gotta be pretty good. No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. Right. I pass. Right. Uh, in this case, when you're doing that in this game, you're unlocking your final level typically, and then unlocking extremely powerful cards that sort of make that card advantage back up. Um, card disadvantage, I should say. And after you're done materializing whatever you want to, then you pick everything left in your memory back up in your hand. So they're constantly shifting in and out. There's a risk reward game because you can go ahead and dump a ton of stuff from your hand. You'd be like, okay, I'm going to play this. I'm going to play bear this turn and I'm going to play a young beast bonder. And that's going to cost my whole hand on the next turn. Then if you want to banish anything to play anything, you have to banish at random from a set of cards, which may include mm. cards that you would rather like to have mm. for this next turn or for the end of the game. 
So you have to you know, make some decisions like, should I play more conservatively? Make sure I'm only banishing the cards that are least useful to me at the cost mm-hmm. of playing less to the board. Um, mm-hmm. Which as a card gamer, usually when people start to experience that, they, they do exactly what you're doing. They're, oh, okay, okay. That's, I see that. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, that's, that's the gist of the mechanic and it's, and it's mm-hmm. quite, it is quite, it's quite different, but once you start, once you play through a round or two of it, you really like it's, it becomes quite intuitive. You kind of get it. And then you start screwing up a bunch too. Cause you're like, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to put that down. The math right. is a little weird sometimes. <laughs> right. I know I'd mess that up a lot. Yeah, you would. You would. (laughs) This reminds me of a video I recently watched. um, And this is a topic I want to dive into, like, in in a whole other episode, right? But it's talking about, like, TCG renaissance slash resurgence, right? And we've talked about this on our show in the past where um, I think we are in that sort of space. Mm -hmm. Like, I think we are in a TCG resurgence slash um, renaissance era. Okay, I know we've had Joey on the show before. He talked about the uh, temper tantrum era, what he calls it, which I, I understand his point of view, right? Um, True, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but I, I watched a video recently, and somebody was saying like, "There's there the idea of a renaissance is. I mean, when you think about the actual renaissance that you know our civilization experienced was was grand, was was beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Um, there were so many new ideas, there was so much create creativity flowing, and it was truly a glorious time in society, right, in civilization. Okay, but saying how, especially in TCGs now, there's nothing. There's nothing new. It's all people. It's all greed and people wanting to get rich. Which is that? Is that there? Yeah, sure, it is. But when I hear someone describe Grand Archive, that seems pretty novel to me. Mm-hmm. That seems like a pretty new idea. Not mm-hmm. everything, and particularly in TCGs now. It doesn't seem like everything is just a reskin of magic. It's a reskin mm-hmm. of Pokemon. Do they exist? 100%. Yes, they do. However, the difference between now and 90s, early 2000s is that was a ton of reskins and a lot of people trying to get rich mm-hmm. quick, right? Do those things still exist? 100% they do. But, you know, when Dan, Dan when you're describing to me Grand Archive, I'm. Uh, my interest is peaked. I'm like, oh, this seems like a pretty interesting and novel idea. Now I'm already. I'm like, all right, I kind of want to learn more here and mm-hmm. dig into it a little bit more, right? Um, re- I I, I want to get your quick take on that before before we move on to 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 something else here. What what's your initial take take on take on that? Like the the TCG space now and all these different new ideas. I mean, with all these different games that you're in, they. Are they all pretty unique, different, and new ideas? Do they bring that to the table? So I've heard, you know, I've heard your take here, of course. I've heard Joey's take as well. So I, yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> I, I totally see those perspectives. Um, if you ask me, I don't think there is a doubt about it. I think we are in a TCG renaissance. I think I, I, I don't hesitate actually to call this the second golden age of TCGs. Um, I just, it does feel like that to me right now. It f- like as someone who, you know, I caught the tail end of the first one, um, and, and was playing there and, and, you know, at the tail end of that one, we were seeing like, that was when score was going wild, pumping out every anime under the sun as a TCG case closed <laughs> TCG, dragon booster <laughs> TCG, like you know, they had everything out there. Um, right. and, played, you uh, know, the shaman King TCG, shaman King TCG. That's another, <laughs> yeah. Like, what about the Awesome cool. powers one. Oh man! Oh, dude, I got Austin Powers right over did here. You, you want me to get the cards? <laughs> yes, dude. You, oh, I, dude, that. Uh, th- yes, I want to see those hundred percent. But anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, baby. I, 
Oh, I, I wouldn't even dare to try doing that right to. now. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, there. One of the hallmarks of being in this age is when the market looks so ripe for for actually making money that a lot of these these kind of like get rich quick kind of cash grab like IP grab games start to flood out. When you see those flooding out, I think it's it it's a sign that you're in the golden age, but not necessarily you know, the, uh, not necessarily the golden part of the golden age, yeah, right? Is right. Seeing those right. games coming out there. Right. But I, the interesting thing about us now is that, and, and the phrase that always comes to mind when we talk about this is that we're standing on the shoulders of giants at this point, because right. when we, hundred oh, percent, when we look back then, uh, you know, there were a lot of, like you said, there were a lot of just like, Oh, here's magic, but it's got a sci-fi skin on it or whatever, mm-hmm. stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, you also had a bunch of very creative stuff, but the creative stuff then was like what it was. It was, if they weren't copying magic, they were just making their like own thing from nowhere. They were out of mm-hmm. like, we're talking like star Trek CCG was the first one before star Wars CCG. Mm-hmm. Like those games. I mean, even when I show them to people today, they're like, what is this? Like what mm-hmm. this is like, you've never seen something like this before. Even if you've been playing TCGs from the past 15 years, like it's, mm-hmm. it's just so different. Um, right now what happens is that a lot of these games come out and instead of having, instead of just having to like come up with their own idea there, people are able to designers are able to play not only TCGs, but board games, card games, video games, mm-hmm. digital CCGs, all sorts of stuff. And they glean these ideas and they go, that is a, such a good mechanic. What if I combined it with this unique thing? And so mm-hmm. you get a lot of games where people I think are very, very quick to call them out as being copies, clones, whatever of certain mm-hmm. other things. But, um, you can only kind of come up with new ideas for so long. There's no new ideas right. under the sun, right. Being the other, right. the, the Shakespeare right. quote or something. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean like there, it, there certainly is a lot of innovation, but I think you do sometimes have to adjust your, your lens for what you're calling, uh, innovation right. right now and, and understand that the reason people are making these games that have similarities is because those are damn good mechanics. Like, yeah, for sure. They're, they're, they're sure. good cores to get like Lorcana, man, like a good core to a game that, uh, then tosses its own ideas on top, has its own perspective that it's approaching mm-hmm. sort of game design from that is certainly right. like uh, effectively unique in the marketplace right now. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And it's, it's great. It's good to see it. And that's the stuff that makes me see, see like, yeah, I think the, this is like, this is a golden age for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a, another, this is a topic that in all honesty, I want to have you on again. And that way we can just, uh, just talk about that. Cause I know we can talk about that for a while. hundred um, percent. So, so I, I, I was like, I want, I wanted to just ask that. Right. But I'm like, I know if we just keep talking, it's going to go on forever, but anyway. All right. Um, okay. Before we move on to, um, altered. Okay. <clears throat> um, Lastly, about Grand Archive, um, what uh, who who would enjoy Grand Archive right now? What kind what kind of TCG player would be interested in um, and do well with a game like Grand Archive? I think the players who take to Grand Archive the best are number one people who appreciate the anime aesthetic. I, I don't think you have to to enjoy the game, but just with a, with Lorcana with everything, if you enjoy the IP quite a bit, it enhances your enjoyment a massive amount. Grand Archive doesn't have its own IP, but it has a particular aesthetic it aims for. Um, you know, we're talking like it's got plenty of of waifus and all this stuff. So if you like that kind of thing, 
That's that's gonna be a, that's gonna be there. But- you son of a person, I'm in. <laughs> um, but in particular, I think if you enjoy that and you really like competitive magic, flesh and blood, um, or you bounced off of competitive Yu-Gi-Oh, but you want to play something that is equally that like you can get really competitive with, you will really enjoy Grand Archive. It's it's uh, at a competitive level. And I say this because we're right now our local group is is deep into testing for the first major tournament, which we're we're uh, flying off to next week, actually, um, in Houston. Uh, but like we're we're deep, like we're deep in the meta, like at at the stage where we're really talking about tweaks to tweaks to tweaks to deal with metagame problems. And and it's just like there's still it feels like like we're going to get totally surprised when we when we go to the tournament um, and we're just it's it's that really fun sort of competitive spirit high level play, very interactive end games, um, that, uh, I think competitive players who like anime would just like, like you should try it for sure. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I'll, I'll have to watch some of your videos because it's, it's a game that I've seen a lot of haven't dove into it really at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm now, now I'm even more interested and curious <laughs> about it. So, uh, that is grand archive. All right. The next one we want to talk about is altered. So altered, um, we first heard about at Gen Con when we ran into our friend, uh, Nelson from Nelson all over cards. Nelson. He, uh, he ran into us on the show floor and was like, Hey, have you guys heard about altered? We're like, what the heck is altered? <laughs> He's like, yeah. So it's his TCG, right? We're like, okay, you, you son of a gun. You- he said, keep this on the down low, <laughs> put over his shoulder. Yeah. First of all, I got Say invited. To, I got invited to a very secret meeting, and I'm going to tell you all about it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, uh, Dan, you have uh, you've got some stuff on your channel about altered. So can you tell everybody first what altered is, and then why uh, kind of why you're hyped about it, why you're excited about it? Yeah. Uh, by the way, that weekend was a bit of a blur, but like, I'm pretty sure I was in the same session with Nelson, uh, at the, with, with <laughs> nice. the altered guys. So nice. they, I, I don't know why exactly, but they caught our channel and they popped over and they sent me an invite and I was like, yep, I, yeah, absolutely. I'll come check it out. And the story I like to tell everyone with this was that when I, when I was going to this, I, I I'm sure you guys would understand this too. Random board game company invites you to, uh, and like, by the way, random, like they just, they literally haven't made anything except they've been working on altered for three years. So I've never heard of their company before. Now I understand where they came from, but that's beside the point. Sure. Um, they invite you to go view their new TCG. That's going to change the industry. Okay. If you get that in your inbox, you're, Spam. I'm sure you're just like me. Yeah. Spam. <laughs> like, Dude, okay. I think, I think so many of that stuff. I'm like spam. Okay. Okay, I got too much stuff to do. I don't know who you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's what yeah. I, that that would be my reaction. And that's completely fair. Like, you know, if you've been in the industry long enough, you know, anytime anyone says like we're changing yep. the industry, yep. like, okay, you okay, know, okay, dude. <laughs> you guys remember Redikai? Do you no. guys know that one? It no. was I believe they, so. Yeah, Jim's got me. I, they, I I just know the name. Like I know I've seen this. Okay, I In, uh, I've never played it. 2010 or 2011, I think it was. It was supposed to change the industry because they used all their cards were clear acrylic. Yeah, that I was changing the goat. industry. I got a. I think a no a lightning bolt card that's clear. I don't know. Yep, okay. I think I that there was like there was like a Gen Con promo that it, like I sold for 50 bucks or something because. You can just pick it you up. Remember how much you sold it for. <laughs> um, anyway, anytime a company says that, I just like 
yeah, Redekai died like the next month. So, <laughs> you know, it just like, it doesn't really matter to me. But yeah. I, I, I yeah. gave him the benefit of the doubt. I was like, this sounds fun. I'll jump in. It sounds cool. Like, whatever. Um, they, they seemed professional enough. Um, yeah. Went to this thing. Mind was actually blown. Like, I, I can't express really? how. Yes, I can't express wow. how myself and, and Main Deck Jordan, we went to this. We sat down just completely with this mindset of this is going to be whatever. Jim just found the lightning bolt card. Uh, the red card? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it cool? It's like the whole card is clear, except there's a little like lightning bolt on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. And you stacked them on top of your champions, whatever. That's beside the point. But... Um, yeah, so so we we left there just being like absolutely impressed because what these guys are doing, it's not necessarily that the game itself, like mechanically, is that crazy. One of the cool things they're doing in the game is they're doing like a a nonviolent approach to TCGs, like a a instead of focusing on bloodshed and stuff, it's about um, it's a it's a competitive head to head game that has interaction. Absolutely, don't take the wrong message from this, but it's mm-hmm. ultimately about getting two people to meet in the middle. It's instead of like reducing huh. your opponent's life total or it's destroying them and magic. It, yeah. it kind of is it like literally the, the leaders you play are, um, a human character and their imaginary friend. And, and you're trying <laughs> to get the two to meet in the middle and this exploring the world thing. Um, huh. but other than that, like kind of that meeting in the middle system, if you imagine mm-hmm. the base rule set of star Wars unlimited, it's, very similar, actually. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Interestingly which enough. Which is solid, which solid. is already solid. <laughs> I'm a fan. It's good. <laughs> um, but what blew my mind about the system was their, what they're doing to approach how the TCG industry market works. Um, and the, uh, like, okay, I, there's an hour long video on our channel and I'm, I'm obviously not going we'll to link talk it. for an hour. We'll, yes. we'll link it here, guys. If you okay. want to check it out. <laughs> the very, I, and when I give you these quick hits, these are not going to be the whole story. You just, you gotta go check the video to get like, it's, it's Eric Julingard from, uh, Equinox who explains the whole thing to you, like just top to bottom. He'll explain everything. But the basic idea is that Cards all have QR codes. You have a digital companion app. Instead of just like tracking your collection, it does that, but it also is the marketplace. You own your collection digitally. You sell your cards on the digital marketplace, and then you can print to order. You can, you can uh, order print to demand. Sorry, print on demand. Any of the cards mm-hmm. that you digitally own. In If you ha- own them in foil versions, you can or- order foils or non-foils. If you bought the card from someone in Japan on the digital marketplace, you can order it in English, French, Spanish, Japanese, whatever you feel like. Um, huh. if, you're, if your deck gets destroyed, if it, you have water damage, if it gets stolen, you just go print it again for a nominal so, fee. Um, so beautiful. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. It's a, it's a fascinating system. Um, and then furthermore, the game uses unique like literally one of one unique cards in about every eight packs. If I remember that I've been talking a lot of Star Wars Unlimited. I think it was eight packs for Altered. You open an, a unique card, which is you're the only person in the world who owns that. You scan it in. It's in your, it, you own it now. They're not, they're not like you've never seen this card art before. It'll be a unique version of, of a, you know, a particular card name that has modified stats, abilities, stuff like that on it. Um, oh. And then if, 
someone really likes your card, they can hop on the marketplace, find that you own it. You can mark yourself open to this or close to it, by the way. And they can go and make you an offer on it. They can say like, hey, would you like to sell me that? I'll pay you $10,000. And you can go, yes, this is not worth $10,000 to me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and then you just click okay. And then you're done with the transaction. You get the money and you're done because it's all digital. Um, it's, it's never Damn, been easier to, I know, I know, I know guys, I'm telling you. So we came out of this, we were like, we were like, this literally is, if this works, if this works, and that's the big caveat to everything, right? Yeah. Like as the audience out there is sitting there thinking of the 1200 ways that something can go wrong with this. And yes, there, yep. But I mean, like it, no actual change comes from just sitting around only yeah, taking right. the safe route, right? Yeah, right, so, right. Exactly, exactly. I say it's dangerous because I'll go so you would, deep you would into go this. So deep. I know you. I know you would. Now, so. now, how how many people that you've talked to, um, what their initial reaction was? Oh, this is so. It's an NFT scam. <laughs> how I many, how many times have you heard that? Uh, none, because other than this time right now, every single time I give the spiel here, I say not NFTs, but I forgot to say it this time. <laughs> um, so, this but yeah, people, not on I mean, the blockchain, yes, right. there's no blockchain oh, right. involved. It's the way that the company likes to say is it's like in world of Warcraft, you have a bunch of digital stuff on your account. It's, it's on the blizzard servers or whatever. Same thing here. It's going to be on the Equinox servers. Something goes wrong. You support ticket in and hopefully they can get it addressed. Like, you know, that's. Just like any digital thing right mm. now. Yeah. Like, like I, I think this sounds super interesting. I'm just immediately going to the, okay, here's what all the detractors are going to say. <laughs> like, that's yes. that's what I'm thinking about yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, I there was so, there has been, there is and has been so much negativity and vitriol surrounding NFTs in the digital space. Mm -hmm. From right? me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I don't like, putting that kind of stuff into the communities that I'm involved in. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't like seeing that stuff in my community. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh no, is that, is, is that what's going to happen here? I hope not. Um, I mean, it's, this sounds super interesting. Um, and yeah, like I think, I think this definitely has the potential to really change the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, interesting, like how, what what's your initial thoughts on it? Like, do you think how successful do you think this is going to be if done right? Uh, if I mean, I think if done right, the sky's the limit for this game. Um, yeah. I you know one one thing that is like it's sort of a subtle thing about how the system is described that you don't necessarily pick up on right away, but uh, the company owns the digital marketplace, right? So if you want to sell anything, you just pop onto the app and you boom 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 sell it. Um, the company owns it, not a third party not TCG player, not card okay. market. There's a small transaction fee that they get every single time a transaction is, is done there, just like any other market. They're going to keep it about the same right. as what you expect. But this is the first time that I'm aware of in my history of TCGs that I've seen a company not only profit from the primary market, but the secondary market the as secondary well. market. Huh. Yeah, as because... long as the game sells, that company, company is making money constantly. I mean, we're talking, and I'm, I'm saying this from a positive perspective because as you guys know, like TCGs, they're they businesses. They need to make yep. money. That's that's yep. part of it. And yep. it means that- How dare they? Wait, wait, yeah. hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hold the phone. You mean yeah. to tell me that that's these companies too. need to make money to it's survive and do good? Yeah. Honestly, this is this close <laughs> to being an NFT. <laughs> like- 
those companies that make that or whoever it is makes that, they get a percentage yeah. of whatever the sales are on secondary markets. Yeah. And it's no, the only difference is it's not on the blockchain. blockchain. Yeah. 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 But I mean, that is a significant difference too, because it changes who digitally owns it and it, it changes, yeah. it, it yeah. kind of, it changes how the ownership works. And honestly, you know, I'm not going to get into this. I, you know what? I'm just not going to get into it because we don't have time <laughs> in the podcast to talk about NFTs. But the point <laughs> is, you know, the there's one. <laughs> yeah, just, I honestly, I'm not the one to get for that either. Like you got to get someone else. To that. I, I know just enough to get by in a conversation, but um, yeah, I, you know, as you said, Dan, like there are certainly things that people will, the people have valid criticisms about mm-hmm. the potential of this. And I'm not, I don't right. want to downplay any of that stuff. Right. My perspective is always, um, I look at what they can gain, what the company can gain and what they can, they can achieve by this. And I think on exactly what your question is, if they do everything right here, what are we going to see happen? And that's where my interest comes from. That's where my massive interest is. Like if you're, if you, if I need to be, you know, a betting man on kind of what TCGs I think I need to like push into to even like from a, from a content creation perspective, like where do I think Mm -hmm. I can, I can like really make an impact. And I see a game that has a limit, like no limit, like this game effectively, like that can totally Mm -hmm. change the market if it does everything correctly. Uh, I'm interested. Obviously, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. You know, I want right. to see what happens with this. Right, right. Kind of, kind of like, and and this is not a, this is not a dig at anybody either. But kind of like how a lot of people, us included, jumped on the Lorcana bandwagon like early, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's oh, it's Disney card. This is going to be huge, and a lot of people jumped on that. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Like is it, it's the kind of the same thing, right? They were right though. It was huge. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we yeah. we saw it. A lot of people saw it early. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's 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 super interesting. Go go ahead, Dan. Sorry. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just a, it's a very similar thing to that. And mm-hmm. um, you know, it, for me, it's just a game where I played it. I I've played Lorcana too. I played a good amount of it. It's uh, it's a game where that I really respect, and I just don't love myself. So mm-hmm. I'm really glad there, you know, there's plenty of people. If you need content for Lakana, I don't have it for you. There's a but ton of people. You've there. got plenty of options, including <laughs> hobbies and happiness, which obviously you should, by the way, click that subscribe button. Make sure you're in there, guys. Come on. But <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but for me, Altered was a game I played it and I was like, I like they, they actually, they were very smart. The way they structured in the meeting was they sat down, they explained the game and the company itself. They didn't talk a single a single word about their market strategy whatsoever. They just, they presented the game and they said, would you like to play? And then we sat down and played and we were all like, yeah, this is, you know, it's, we, we just played Star Wars and and we're like, it's a good game because there's yeah. a lot of similarities. Uh, yeah. a, a number of differences too. I want to be really clear. It's not the same game, but sure, um, sure. you'd be, I, you, you would know as soon as you play it, Dan, yeah, yeah. Jim, you guys will both know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, it's, it's just a good game. And I played it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I like this. This is cool. I like what the company is doing with the theme and stuff. And then they explained the next part and I was like, oh, okay, like good game with this interesting stuff. I'm in. Cool. Cool. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm super interested. I, I reached, I reached out to them, um, on, on Twitter. And I was like, Hey, cause I saw your interview, um, with him and I'm like, all right, this looks interesting. Cause again, we heard about it from mm-hmm. Nelson. I'm like, all right. 
I've heard about this now. I need to dig into this. I still have yet to really learn enough about it, right? But it's it's on the list. So mm-hmm. definitely, definitely very interested in Altered. And guys, if you want to, we'll, we'll be sure to link that interview uh, down below uh, for you guys listening on the podcast and those of you watching as well. All right, so we just talked a little bit about uh, Star Wars Unlimited, <clears throat> so let's let's move on to this. I think, I, in, in all honesty, too, Altered. You know, I I been asking who do you, who do we think Altered's for? Um, uh, you know, let, let me ask this: who, who who do you think Altered's for? After after knowing about knowing about it, Jim, we know we <laughs> know Jim. Jim's got his hand up purely <laughs> for Jim. Listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I that's so Altered. I think is a game that is going to appeal to a lot of people. I think I think altered is going to have in a similar way. I mean, not not in exactly the same way, but in a similar way to Lorcana, it's mm-hmm. going to be it's going to hit a demographic that doesn't always get TCGs. A couple actually, it's going to hit demographic that are that are interested in that sort of digital physical digital. Uh, if people like to call it that, I think that's a yeah. weird name, but <laughs> sure, um, let's go hey, with it. Yeah. Her, her, we're going to coin it right here. Main deck Dan <laughs> fidgetal. All right, we got it. Um, <laughs> It's going to, it's going to appeal to those people. But I think the big thing is like from this, this is the company. There's not the company. It's a company spun off by the guy who, uh, made the Libelude, which made Dixit, Mysterium, and mm. a pile of other extremely popular, well-known board games, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, Dice Forge, some other stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, they, they have always had a particular mentality with how they approach theming, where they want everything to be. Um, optimism was the word they use. They they want to present a world of possibility, optimism, mm. imagination, fun, and not violence and destruction and negativity and that kind of stuff. And I think that and see, like the artwork that they've we we got to see so much art from the game too when we were at that. The artwork is so evocative of that vibe that I think a lot of people hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. I've seen artwork, hundred percent. Yeah, they're they're gonna people are gonna see this and go, oh, that looks pretty, that looks cool, I really like mm-hmm. that. And people who aren't necessarily into TCGs may see that. And if you start, this is the interesting thing: if you start to get those people in with this digital version where they're either QR code scanning and they're and they're easily they're selling cards they don't need, they're buying cards they need easily, they're they lose their deck, they just reorder it, they see all those benefits. <laughs> you're actually gonna get this interesting new breed of TCG players that are going to approach other games and be like, why is this in the stone age? Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 My deck or, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be it's kind of, it's kind of evocative of when digital CCGs started like with mm-hmm. Hearthstone. Right. And then going from there and like, that's, that's kind of the, the that's kind of the possibility, like to where I see it going. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, and, and that's exciting. That is exciting. That's yeah. very, very exciting. I was so. also just looking up some cards for Altered, and uh-huh. I think I found my favorite card. Okay. Brass Bug. Brass Bug. Okay. <laughs> the text. All right. It's effect. You ready? Okay. It states, and I quote, I am a token. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not token creature, creature token. I am a token. Yeah, all the card text uses self-referential. <laughs> I love it. Uh, wow, that's cool. So you it's it's very yeah. clear. I always yeah. go back. This is an old story from when I worked uh, at the card shop locally, but we uh, we would get when you work at a local card shop, uh, 
shout out to anyone else who has done this and understands this. You get calls from people. Jim, did you field calls about uh, rules for magic all the time? Uh, no, actually not oh, really? a lot. There were some, there were yeah. definitely some, uh, but I can think of maybe like five calls that I got. Oh, for, really? okay. Okay. Ours, okay. ours, we, I think we just had a group, a few groups locally who just like relied on us. They didn't know what the internet was or something. Uh, <laughs> <so> <laughs> they, uh, they would call with rules questions and the, you know, one of the best ones that we ever got, it wasn't me. It was one of my coworkers who got this one, but they, they hung up the phone and just lost it. They, they, <laughs> <laughs> the the question was, and it wasn't so much a question as it was just a a uh, complaint or a remark, but it was, my opponent just played one with nothing. How is this card fair? <laughs> okay. Because yes, one with nice. nothing is a magic card that reads, discard your hand. Okay. And their opponent played it on them and they played it. They played one with nothing and they looked at their opponent and they said, okay, discard your hand. <laughs> and their opponent was like, for one mana, <laughs> I just discard my whole hand. It's one with nothing is actually, it's a terrible card. It's a card that's supposed to discard your own hand. Yeah, it is. Man, discard it your is. hand because I play it. <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, I love the artwork. I, I'm, I'm trying to pull it up because it's I remember. purple dude. And, I, yeah. I, I'm, I, rem I remember the card, but I can't remember the artwork for, for the life of me. Yeah. So I'm, try I'm trying to get it pulled up here if my internet would work. It's a little purple guy. <laughs> it's a black card, I believe. Yes. Oh, there yes. it is. Saviors yeah, of Kamigawa champion. No, maybe it was champions. One of the Kamigawas. It's in there. I, I don't I don't understand. I think it was Saviors. Yeah, how I think was it was that, How is that a thing? So Okay. He, so the reason he thought reason, it was discard your opponent's hand? Yeah, he read it to his opponent as discard your hand. And your opponent said, Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll discard my hand. <laughs> right? And what? The, what I what I love about Altered is that you know, when you do self-referential effects like that, it's quite clear what happens now. Everything just refers to itself oh. and what it does. And and that's kind of nice. That's it's like kind of goofy, but it <laughs> works. It works. Yeah. I'm never gonna forget that. It's good. It's a good that's story. Hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Especially when we have like thought sees where it's just like pluck a card, yeah. but one mana. Dan discards <laughs> seven cards. Yeah, dude, that's the thing. That's the thing. When you're casual and like, like no shame whatsoever. It's just like when you're casual about right, something, right, you just, right. you don't know what the wider no, world of cards like. Yeah, to, you don't right. have that to compare against. You just, your opponent right. plays one with nothing on. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> the card's insane. <laughs> it's kind of like, I mean, a very different um, reference here. But when I was teaching my wife how to play Lorcana, yeah. right? She's like playing stuff and she's like, well, number one, she thought, uh, the characters could only quest once and that was oh, it yeah. right Ooh. so she was like well why would i why would i just do that why don't i just wait why don't i just wait until i have all these things on board and then just i'll win yeah. i'm like all right yeah you can you can try that you you can <laughs> see how that works out for you sure go ahead uh -huh. yeah but yeah it was it, it just reminds me of that those, yeah. those kinds of interactions yeah. the casuals yeah you know what though like that's the cool thing about that was that 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 was a strategic line of thought like Yes. With her was. understanding of the rules, that was yes. like very much a like a min max, like, oh, I should only, you know, that's like when <laughs> yes. it first dawns on you that I should play instant speeds on spells on my opponent's turn, not mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you start to realize, yeah. like, yeah, that min maxing. Sometimes that's cool. Sometimes you have to do it on your turn, though. As yeah, sad you do. As it is. And, and mm -hmm. that feels bad.
does and then bad. when you realize a game doesn't have instant speed interaction, you're like, wait, I can't play on my opponent's <laughs> turn? This is a bad game. <laughs> Literally the best thing you can do bad in card game. games, play on your opponent's turn. <laughs> yep, yep. Okay, all right, all right. Enough with enough one with nothing. Okay. Now we're going to talk about Star Wars Unlimited. All right, we've talked about Star Wars Unlimited on the podcast uh, multiple times before. We're excited about it. We know main deck Dan's excited about it. Um, Dan, what excites you about Star Wars Unlimited? Now that we've seen all the showcase, we haven't talked about this on our show yet, but they they released all the different artworks. We got some <laughs> showcase arts, alternate mm. arts. There's a lot of different stuff. I'm hyped for it. I think they look beautiful. But, Dan, why are you excited about Star Wars Unlimited? I mean, it, it's two two words, eight letters, guys. It's Star Wars. Like, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't take much for me, honestly. I'm very easy when it comes to Star Wars games. Um, but in did particular... You, did you play the Star Wars LCG? Yep. Okay, I'm not okay. I'm not surprised. <laughs> no, I I got you covered. Like I played them. <laughs> yeah, I pro- I'm sure if I just said like any Star Wars game, you're probably like, yeah, I played, played the Star Wars villainous as well. Have you? Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Yeah. If I just played that with my wife last weekend, actually, <laughs> beat her with uh oh man who did I- oh Asajj. I played Asajj and she played nice. Kylo. She enjoys playing Kylo. Oh, but here, here, you since you've played, you'll you'll enjoy this. So she was like one token, she's like one token away from winning, right? Okay. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so I played, I can't remember what the card was. Um, oh no, she was one turn away from winning. One literally one turn away from winning. Cause she had um oh goodness, the the main the main villain from um episodes eight, Snow. seven and eight. Yes. Snow? She she, yes, Snoke on board where uh, you can pay one um, force or whatever, and then get uh, get a token, what, whatever. That it was the, the main win condition. Okay, Dan knows what I'm talking about. All right, it's been a and while for me too, but it was like because yeah, this yeah. came out like a two yeah, yeah, last yeah. year. I don't remember. Whatever. But. Yeah, yeah. So so anyway, um, I had I had to fade her right, mm-hmm. and so there was I had like two outs. Okay, I found one out, and it was oh Princess Leia. And yeah. it was like she gets – oh, she lost all of her ambition. She had like 20 ambition, which is a resource that she needs. She lost all of it. And then I played a – and then with Leia, I think I had – I got to like move all of her force tokens the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So it set, her, it set her from like nine to back to one. And, I'm, and she was not happy <laughs> with me. That's – I uh, mean every honey, time – I'm sorry. Every time I played Villainous, Star Wars, Disney, whatever, it's uh, – it's, purely a game of taking each other a peg down the entire time. It's like, they're like knuckle mm-hmm. drag out fights every single time like mm-hmm. that. Jim so, loves villainous. Jim loves villainous. I know I'm aware of that. I'm aware of how much he loves it. <laughs> I'm looking at this card. Snow queen. This card looks pretty good. Uh, I just needed to change the topic. So okay. Literally anything. Okay. All right. St- star Wars unlimited. Uh, besides so, it being star Wars, why, yes. uh, why are you hyped about this game? Um, so destiny was one of the star Wars games that didn't actually click click with me as much as I wanted it to surprisingly. Um, it was, I, you know, and I've talked about this a little bit before, I think on like our own podcast too, but like it, it really is. I thought that the game just felt too built around manipulating dice that it, it pulled Mm -hmm. itself out from me really getting into the theme of what was going on. It just felt a little too mechanical. Um, mm. 
there and not saying there wasn't there weren't theme choices you know i know there was a bunch of like cool thematic stuff but a lot of it really felt like it it was like well this gets some indirect damage and set a set a die to a face and i was like it just it just it was there was like there was like this extra layer in between between the me and the theme of this dice rolling stuff that just kept like pulling me out and um and I just I collected it for a while, but I just didn't enjoy playing it that much. So when they announced Unlimited, pure TCG, ground and space arenas, uh, leaders with like cool abilities, all the characters. I'm like, I've I've wanted for years another TCG where I can just jam my deck full of Luke's and Yoda's and and Rays <laughs> and you know whatever, just like and and open my hand up, see all these cool characters, and start slamming them down. It feels I'm just I'm just a TCG guy. The dice thing is fun in board games, but not what I want to be doing necessarily in TCGs. Um, Whereas it just yeah, it was like it was like all the pistons were firing when I saw this. Um, Now seeing the the way they're doing collector treatments, which in my opinion, um, again, I'm giving you my frank opinions here is like how magic really should be doing it, but isn't. Um, So get it being able to get hyperspace rares in normal packs all the time and just chasing them down and having these collector cards extremely chase in again, just in regular normal booster packs. Uh, can't stress how much like a, instead of buying a $300 collector's set. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm a sucker. I got them back here, but like, I don't like it. I, I don't like that. I have to I buy them, like but it. I, do. I don't agree with it, <laughs> but I still do it. I know. <laughs> I'll learn someday, maybe. I'll I give them my credit card, and as I'm giving, I'm like, I really shouldn't do it. I shouldn't do it. I I really shouldn't. But how I don't dare understand. you be doing this? <laughs> yeah. I don't like it at all. I know but what I'll I must do, two. but I I don't know if I have the strength <laughs> to do it. And then make a video on why it's a bad practice, and people shouldn't be doing it. But I'm still gonna do it. <laughs> I think I think you should do a whole video just just disparaging the entire practice as you're cracking open a collector case. <laughs> <laughs> or, I, dude, that's great. Or, or the videos where it's like, I'm doing this so you don't have to. Don't buy the Walmart mystery packs. And then like, are bad, everyone dude. does it. Yeah. <laughs> I I posted a video opening a Lord of the Rings collector booster on the channel and oh, uh man. boy, my value is not there. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah, no. no. How much how much was it? How much did you pay for it? Uh, well, I have to be honest, our, that was a, I was a, our, one of our sponsors, our LGS hooked me up on it. So I, I got away like a bandit because I made probably about 15 bucks on the booster (laughs) the box (laughs) and I paid nothing for it. So you can figure out about what my opens were. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. So how do you, how do you feel about the gameplay? Um, when, cause we played it at Gen Con, I've played it quite a bit on felt table. Mm, Um, and one of the things that the word that I keep coming back to is the gameplay to me feels tight and crunchy. Um, the back and forth, it feels like every single, like literally every single decision carries so much weight and it really truly matters in the grand scheme of things. And I, I like that. I enjoy that very, very, very much. Mm -hmm. Um, what's your take on the gameplay? That's, that's, uh, you know, I've listened to you guys talk about it on your podcast too. And, and I was, that, that was one where I was, I didn't want to jump in. I was like, yep, I agree. They're, they're nailing it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so tight. It absolutely is. Uh, I've had so many games, both felt table and real life where I get down to making 
one, you know, I've done a few actions. I get through some of the easier, simple actions. I attack with this guy, attack with this, you know, play. Obviously, I want to play this to kill this thing before they attack with it. Um, and those are actually not, aren't always simple decisions either. But when I get towards the end of the turn, I keep finding these situations that make me just feel the game's design is remarkable, where I'm making really, really weird decisions like, OK, I have this thing to attack with. But if I take the initiative now and I just don't attack with it, then next turn I'll get to play this thing before he does anything, and that will completely change the tempo of the game. It'll make mm-hmm. this two damage from this attack not even matter anymore. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's right, sometimes it's wrong. Some interesting decisions. You guys know the Chewbacca card, right? When he takes damage, he oh, he yeah. readies. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That that card is one of the weirdest ones to play with. I love when that thing's in play because it's like if I play the Chewbacca, then it's like I really don't want to pass the initiative. Or take the, I really don't want to take the initiative at all because mm-hmm. as soon as I take the initiative, my opponent will kill Chewie. They're going to start attacking with everything. Mm-hmm. My opponent is deliberately delaying right now, just waiting for me to take the initiative so that they can attack Chewie because if I take the initiative and Chewie untaps and I can't attack with him <laughs> that turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just like a lot of decisions like that that I find just really fascinating, but importantly, not overbearing. Not It's like, the opposite again of yeah. universes where there are a lot of decisions and they're all at the same time. And it's very overbearing in this one. There's a few, you can like, you can you kind of pare it down. There's like, there's a few things I should maybe do right now. And mm-hmm. I just am not sure which one has the most like marginal value compared to the other ones in this, in right. sequencing them this way. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah. And, and I've, I very, <clears throat> Excuse me. I very much enjoyed that. Like it makes mm-hmm. it makes decisions that I have to make makes it feel a little bit easier, but also feel like, man, I'm kind of sweating over the decisions. Mm-hmm. But the the decisions in and of themselves are just feel easier, right? In com- in comparison to other games, right? Yeah. And for somebody like you, I think you you kind of enjoy that, right? Don't yeah. you, Jim? Yeah, it was nice to play. <clears throat> and uh, I one thing I've learned playing it. I want every single one of my cards to deal damage on enter the battlefield. <laughs> I'm like, I Blame need to kill something and I'm going to play Vader all day. Um, try and get some Grixis colors rolling in there. Say, Cause Jim likes just, his Grixis. Just yep. control everything while having a board presence. Mm-hmm. Hook me up. Mm-hmm. One thing I'm interested to see is how the archetypes are going to form. Oh yeah. Like, you know, um, because again, we talked earlier about the, <clears throat> the knowledge transfer, right? The universal uh, language, right, of TCGs, right? And that is archetypes, right? I'm interested to see how archetypes are going to look in this game. How is a tempo deck going to look? I feel like tempo decks are going to be a lot, a lot of games, and those are going to be the decks that do very, very well in this type of system, right? How is control going to look? How is how is aggressive going to look? Are, are aggro decks going to focus on one lane of the battlefield like how are they going to look i'm really interested to see have you been building any decks yet dan uh i have built decks a little bit um but not not actually since like a lot more of the cards came out i was playing felt table a few weeks ago i was playing like a whole bunch building a bunch of decks on there but we that was before a lot of our like command drops and some of the some of the legendaries like boba fett were like you guys revealed boba fett um so beautiful card yes oh man crazy card yes very very good very good card 
Um, so I, I'm really, I like to approach the games when there's a little bit more meat to them because I, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of sort of the, the early deck building is approaching a format that isn't, isn't really a real format. You know, right, it's, it's, right. I, it's I, never I going to be a thing. It's never going to be a thing. Right. And so, you know, again, props to the grinders out there, the Star Wars Unlimited content grinders who are just yeah. like whipping out deck lists and like testing yep. all sorts of nonsense. Like Holocron gaming, uh, unplayable. Um, I know there's more guys. I would shout all of you out, but those are yeah, two that come to, to my immediate mind. There's a there's a ton of them doing that. Um, but uh, for me, it's I I like I kind of approach when I make content, I approach it from a perspective of I want to provide the most accurate information possible. Um, and so I know that our, a lot of our viewers aren't like hardcore into one game in particular, like some of these Mm -hmm. stars and limited content creators are going to have in their audience. Right. Um, so I want, when you see a deck profile on main deck or something, I, I want you to feel confident that this is a deck you can pick up and go actually play at a tournament and be able to perform with. Um, which is where when a, like a game's just like when a set, even for any game, not even for a game that's not out yet, but when a set's like only partially revealed, I don't do deck profiles or anything for it because I don't feel confident that when the set releases, that's that deck's the one you're going to want to play. Yeah. Right. 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 I am a hundred percent right there with you. (laughs) I think, I think it's beneficial to like play it because, Mm. um, like when, with Lorcana, I was like, I'm a, I'm purposefully not going to touch anything because when we went to Gen Con, we purposefully did that to where when we were at Gen Con, that was the first time we were going to play it. Mm. And that was fun. Wasn't that, was that not fun? hundred percent the correct way to do it. That was, that was a lot of fun. Right. Mm. But you can't do that for every game. Right. Like that was a very, very unique situation. Um, and that was fun. Like I enjoyed that, but I still don't believe like I was, I was joking and joshing with people who were like making decks and posting them. Like what, what was our thing? We don't even know how to play the game yet. We don't even know all the cards. We We were 24 (laughs) cards. We were trolling so many people and that's deck consists of seven cards. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Singleton, <laughs> <laughs> and that was fun. We have we have fun with just about everybody. So anyway, all right. Uh, who do you think Star Wars Unlimited is going to be for? Oh, what yeah. what types of TCG players do you think are going to enjoy Star Wars Unlimited? I think Star Wars Unlimited and Altered, based on the way they play, have uh, very important. Because again, Altered is just very similar. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mm-hmm. group it in just to get a sure. little a little more info out there too. But sure. Um, I think they have a, a quality that I've seen in a lot of the most popular board games of all time. A lot, a lot of the popular gateway games. I think Carcassonne if, mm. for board gamers out there is one that I like Ooh, to describe nice. this way as well, but it's mm-hmm. a game where you can jump in and play at any skill level. Um, and you mm. can, and you will, you will enjoy playing the game because of how the game's structured you're able to sit there and if you if you don't know strategy or whatever, you can just like drop your Luke, attack with your TIE fighter. You do like you can just do your stuff and be like, yeah, cool. Star Wars. Like it's yeah. it's cool. Star Wars stuff. <laughs> and because of that action system, you know, there's like it's a, it's a more kind of under control game. There's less kind of just like spiraling, I think, uh, mm-hmm. from what we've seen that I expect. Uh, that some other card game can kind of go like to combo city and just like boom, boom, like blast. Mm-hmm. So you have this turn where you play 600 cards and stuff and your opponent goes, I can't keep up with that. Um, but uh, at the same time, if you're someone who likes to play competitively, <laughs> if you're someone who likes to play competitively, 
you will be able to really grind and get those, you know, make those decisions. And I, whenever we play Carcassonne, it's like, do I feel like not thinking today or do I feel like thinking today? You know, and like, yeah. am I, am Jim I going to sit feel, there? Like, Jim never feels like thinking. Dude, I love that game. <laughs> I played it a couple times. Every time I play it now, I just want to do something stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's, you can totally do that. The other thing you can do is you can watch someone build a city and you can go, yeah, it'd be a shame if you had to fill in three more spots over there, wouldn't it? And they're like, no, I'm never going to finish it now. Yeah, you can like totally get in and like hate each other out of that game. And I think that same quality exists in Star Wars Unlimited and Altered in the same way where you can you can really get in there and grind and think and, and like try and like ace your opponent. Or you can kind of just play dudes and like bash with Luke and just, you know, have fun. And so because of that, I think these are both games that when people pick them up, and experience them it's not like the unlike the first two games i mentioned it's really not going to matter what their their sort of like tcg competitiveness level is they'll get into them mm-hmm. and for star wars if you're a star wars fan and that sounds good to you either way just mm-hmm. you should look at it for sure mm-hmm. i'm i'm one of those <clears throat> excuse me i'm that type of deck builder where i i i like building a lot of different decks and it's some of the decks i enjoy building Mostly the most bad. go ahead <laughs> okay (laughs) i'll get to you later (laughs) the some of the decks i enjoy building are like theme decks right and like when you have an ip like star wars like it's just they're asking they're asking for people to do that and i think that's going to be something that people really really enjoy doing um so i'm excited to see what kind of decks uh what type of theme decks luke decks or you know, different types of decks that people are going to come up with. So um, it's always exciting when there's IP, like TCGs based on um, established IPs like that, where you can build those types Mm -hmm. of decks. So You know what I am excited to see from this game? Yeah. And normally I don't like combo decks. Correct. But I really want to see some crazy out of left field combo that someone makes up in this game that just kind of goes off and does a bunch of crazy stuff, which, I mean, is what combo decks do. Um, but something that people have never seen before um, in, in card games. That's, for some reason, I want to see it. Interesting. I don't know. Okay. I mean, that would be very cool. Yeah. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Let's see it. Let's see it. Someone to make it happen. Jim's going to be the one to make it happen. No, I'm not. Let's see it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to play a card and destroy your card, Dan. That's, that's all I'm yep, do. That's, that's what you're going to do. So, Okay. All right, so we talked about four games. Uh, we talked about My Hero. We talked about Grand Archive, Altered, and finished up with Star Wars Unlimited. So, Dan, thanks a lot for your insight into those games. And, guys, if you want to learn more about either of those games, go check out the main deck channel. You can find any of the deck profiles. I know Dan's got a lot of deck profiles. Jim's going to check out that one for Grand yes. Archive. Yes. Is it the water one? Mythic. Majestic control water. It looks really cool. Whatever it is, it looks really cool. We're gonna check. Know. We're gonna check that one out, and you guys definitely should too. So, okay, now we've got those games out of the way. Now, now we're gonna we're gonna jump to our favorite segment. I'm excited about this segment because uh, this is the card of the week, guys. The card of the week. I have no idea what this card is. I don't know what game it's from. Jim has no idea what game this yeah, this is from. Um, I think this is like the second. Ah, I don't. Is this the second time that we have no clue what it is? Uh, Dan, what is this week's card of the week? Give it to me. Let's hear it. What is it? What is it? All right. <clears throat> the card He's of the week. It over. Let me. Uh, I guess. I guess. Also, let me set it here. I had to turn my Discord off because I realized it was pinging me the whole time. <laughs> so I'm sorry uh, about yeah. that. I no, think. Guys, I think this might have been coming through. <clears throat> you're good. Uh, but I'm popping it back on so I can send it to you here. So cool. 
checking it for looks like it's pot agreed <laughs> <laughs> i can draw two cards well, what, i what draw three cards <laughs> <laughs> I have so much to say about this card, guys. You draw two. Uh, I play Pot of Greed. You draw two. I summon <laughs> Pot of Greed. Some like to call this the original bill. The original yeah. bill. Is that oh, is that like a, that joke lost on it. you guys? I'm not I get sure. It. Okay. It was a Pokemon card that allowed you to draw. Bill came first, it? of course, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, oh, a, I like card, I, a card I'm not familiar with. I'm sorry. Yeah, guys. It was a trainer card in Pokemon. From oh, original set. Gotcha. Let me copy the image and sorry. Oh, it's, there, there we go. go. Image is coming in. Okay. Let me know when you're ready. <clears throat> I've got it here. I'm sending it over to Jim right now. And guys, I'm sorry. Sorry. This is this is taking a second. I just sent it to the wrong person. That's okay. We're gonna get it right over to Jim. Here we go. We're doing it live. We're doing this is this is literally the essence of we're doing it. We're doing it live, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I wasn't sure if you guys were just like cut this out or <laughs> no. We're 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 doing oh, it live, guys. Dude, it's I could have told fast. a funny story. It's a good card. <laughs> it, it is fast. It is a good card. <laughs> it is a good card. The card of the week is called Spirit Blade Ascension from Grand Arc archive first set dawn of ashes so i thought very hard about the card of the week that i was going to choose for you guys because i love this segment i think it's just so fun and i wanted to really get something that represented uh what i enjoy about card games and this card also really shows off i think some of the interesting features of grand archive as well so spirit blade ascension is a crux action crux is an advanced element in the game a very unique part of the deck building system in this game is you choose a basic element, wind, water, or fire, and you you may have a level three in your deck. You may not level three champion. If you have a level three champion, your level three champion will also unlock an advanced element. Um, it means that these cards, these advanced element cards, are the strongest cards in the game by cost. You're not going to get anything near their level of efficiency at the basic element or uh, you know colorless tier of cards. Um, so when you reach level three, it means suddenly Jim, like you were saying, you just go off. You get to just do some crazy stuff, play some crazy effects. And there are some decks in grand archive that are, their whole goal is they get to level three and then they go, okay, you have one turn to kill me. Otherwise I'm going to draw a million cards and just murder you next <laughs> turn. <laughs> um, so spirit blade ascension is a, uh, is a crux card, which means for both the warrior Lorraine and the now Merlin, who is a Merlin's a mage slash warrior class uh, when she hits level three and she unlocks crux as well. Um, they can play this card and no other classes can, uh, which makes their decks a little bit different than other decks that would be playing even the same elements. Um, Spear Blade Ascension costs one and it's played at fast speed and it's an action, which means it acts like an instant, basically. It's a fast speed action, so it's an instant from magic. Um, so it's a one shot effect. This says as an additional cost to activate this card, return a sword regalia you own to your material deck. So the idea is your Lorraine or your Merlin is going to come out. She's going to take a sword that she's holding to fight with. She's going to send it into the spirit realm and now choose a sword regalia from your material deck or banishment and put it on the field. A new sword appears in her hand instead. So with this card, you're able to swap a sword out for a different one you want, or and this is the key, guys. You can swap the same sword out for that same sword again. And there are cost. It's a grave or whatever. It's so. there's a there's a, the key to this is that there are some swords that do things on enter. So mm -hmm. this is actually mm -hmm. a blink spell. And 
I don't know about you guys, but when I see blink effects and magic, uh, my heart gets racing because I love this nonsense of just, I'm going to absolutely abuse this effect. So you like play. Sky Noodle. Oh, I, yeah. Yo, I, dude, Yorian's my language, man. Like, like yeah, let's go. Let's, let's play 80 card decks with just all the control effects and we're just going to blink everything all day. It's so much fun, man. Come on. That's so awesome. Uh, blink all my so, planeswalkers. Do it again. <laughs> blinking planeswalkers is so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> um spirit blade ascension allows you to do some pretty crazy stuff you you get to this like one of some of our favorite decks and this, this includes uh that water merlin deck as well that you're looking at um you get to level three and then you do some really really wonky things really getting grinding into like sort of the nuances of the game when you get to that step where you take your memory back into your hand you actually have priority before you do that so what you can do is you materialize your level three Okay, so I just reached level three. Wonderful. Let's say I have three cards in hand and I have three cards in my memory. Okay, so I get to my recollection step, which is when I normally take my memory back, but I say, hang on, I'm going to hold priority. I'm going to play Spirit Blade Ascension before I recollect. So I put a card down from my hand. I play the Spirit Blade from my hand. I bounce out my sword and back in my sword that says, draw two cards when it enters. Okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That card's on the watch list, by the way. It might get banned. It probably should. Honestly, it's disgusting because then I go, okay, draw. draw three cards. Dan. Yep. No, then I draw, I draw two cards and I drew another spirit blade ascension. So I go, Oh, I'm going to play another spirit blade ascension. Do it again. Draw two more cards. Now keep in mind, every time I'm playing these, I'm putting cards down into my memory, right? To yeah. play them. Yeah. And then yeah. when I finally run bad. out of spirit blade ascensions, yeah. I just pull the whole thing into my hand. I start my turn. Like, I guess I have 18 cards in hand now <laughs> or, or whatever. So if you do I was enough joking of when I said pot of greed, but no, I was actually showing times, you pot of greed <laughs> multiple times and uh, at instant speed. Yep. Uh, yeah. Wow. Now, wow. This, this seems absurd and it kind of is, but this is where you get to this late stage in grand archive and both decks, if they're reaching level three, they're they're both kind of doing crazy things like this yeah, and right. it really it gets into a very interesting headspace of how do i interact with my opponent's spirit blade ascension how do i stop them from doing this um interesting things like the sword returning to your material deck is a cost so you have to respond to the sword in play before they activate yeah. the spirit blade ascension you know mm -hmm. we're, we're getting to like those like grindy comp rules like wait hang on let me look at the comp rules and see how this works mm -hmm. to understand it right, but that's what right. i'm saying like if you're a competitive gamer, right? Like this, this is the start where you go, oh man, like I could really, like I could really get people by just knowing how the rules work in this game. And you can. Yeah. But at that point, if you try to, you know, get rid of it, it's still, they can play this at instant speed to just throw <laughs> it in the back and protect it. So, oh, that's rough, man. You want to answer wow. it before they materialize. You Before yeah. they go to level three, you have to try and get rid of that sword. And the there's sword, a lot yeah. of decks there's a lot of decks in the format. There's a lot of decks that are low to the ground. Like, okay, if the deck's just going to, if my opponent's just going to try to go to level three and go off, I just have to kill them yeah, before that. Kill then. you before then. Yep. Before and an then, interesting yep. way that the game works is that, you know, because it, it costs you more cards to materialize the higher levels, like you have to banish more cards from your memory to do that. The decks that are playing low to the ground, uh, just like, I'm just going to go to level one and I'm going to sit there. Or actually some decks just sit at level zero. They don't necessarily care about like materializing any champion at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. they never have to banish those extra cards to level. 
So by the time you're level three, if I'm still level one, I'm up five cards on you because I didn't ban it. I didn't materialize level two or level three. That's two cards for level two and three cards for level three. So there's an inherent balance actually to how that works. And that I like, even though you're playing these crazy cards, like you, first of all, you have to, you have to beat my five card advantage on you to make right. that back. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. Otherwise I'm just, I've got more resources straight up because I didn't right. do that. Right. Um, wow. Fascinating. I think. How many, how many different swords, uh, sword regalias are you playing in these types of decks? Um, one and of how the powerful I, are those cards? So one of the decks I like right now, I'm playing four swords in the material deck. Um, one sword is two of them are commons. Uh, one of them's a rare. That's the card that should probably be banned. And then one of them is, uh, I think it's actually starter deck exclusive card or whatever. Um, so the, the cards themselves are powerful stuff. Cause like at the different stages of the game, they're powerful in right. different ways. Um, right. But two of the, the two basic swords that don't cost anything uh, are one of them just is uh, more powerful if I have no allies. So and that deck I like to play right now doesn't play a lot of allies to board. Instead, it just tries to do some big, uh, big attacks, big damage sources for my champion instead. Uh, most mm -hmm. of my allies are just sacked to draw cards from another effect. Um, mm -hmm. And then the other sword is a sword with an ability called True Sight, which allows it to pierce stealth units. Um, which allows it to get through particular interaction that my opponent might play in the late game. I might go for a big attack and the opponent can play an instant speed card that gives them stealth for the turn, which is like, like a, then they just vanish. Right. And I can't hit yeah. them with that attack. Yeah. Um, so if I have the sort of seeking the true sight, then that sort of negates some of those outs to me killing them. Um, mm. which again, is like what sort of the end game is about. The other two swords okay. are cards with on enter effects that I'm gotcha. just trying to abuse. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, uh, Jim, what, what do you think about this uh, spear plate Ascension? Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that is this week's card of the week. Thank you. Uh, main deck Dan for uh, spirit blade Ascension. Um, I've learned a lot about grand archive tonight mm -hmm. and I'm kind of, I was literally thinking this, uh, when he was talking about grand archive, I'm like, man, I gotta see if I can get some starter decks, man. <laughs> Cause when we went by the booth at Gen Con, yeah. I think they were out of starter yeah, decks. I was disappointed cause I was hundred percent. You got a play mat. You like <laughs> nice. that play mat. Yeah. Their play mats are really person. nice, dude. Their play mats are microfiber. Yeah. Yeah. They look, they, they looked very, very yeah. nice. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna have to try. I'm gonna have to try and get some of this stuff just so I can try it out because it looks really, really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. So you want to play some? You want to play some of this, Jim? Potentially. Yeah. It's <laughs> too <laughs> many games. <laughs> I know, I know it is. But it, there's never like I'm. I'm always down to like pick up a starter deck yeah. and like try something out. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then it's like, all right, I've got some starter decks. I mean, I can still play it. You know, I can mm -hmm. still play. It. And then if I want to buy some other singles. Yeah. I can still do that. So I, I always yeah. enjoy stuff like that. So that is this week's card of the week, Spirit Blade Ascension from Grand Archive TCG. All right. Well, that's that's all we got for you guys this week. This has been a, it's been a long conversation, but that's okay. I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. So Dan, thanks a lot for hanging out with us today. Uh, why don't you tell everybody where can where can they find main deck content? Where can they find you and all of your content on the internet? 
Yeah, absolutely, guys. It was it was an absolute pleasure, of course. And I do apologize because I do have a tendency to just talk way too much. So I'm I'm partially hey, it's not a problem. How dare you talk on a podcast? Uh, I know, I know. Um, people can find people can find Main Deck uh, Main Deck on YouTube, of course, is is where we're posting a lot of our content right now. But we have a website, maindeck.games. We're right in the middle of a website redesign. I've been working with our web developer, and we're going to have a a lot more content coming on there very soon, which I'm very excited about. Otherwise, I'm everywhere as Main Deck Dan or Main Deck Games. Uh, shouldn't be too hard to find me. Just look out. There's a Main Deck with a space in the middle, and they're like a Portuguese Yu-Gi-Oh store. So that's not the right one. <laughs> if uh, if the guy you're watching is speaking Portuguese, that's not me. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> he doesn't even know Portuguese. I, can't I even sure spell don't. Portuguese. I, yeah. <laughs> That's even a tough word to spell. So wow. <laughs> it is 100%. So, all right. Well, again, thanks, Dan, for hanging out with us today. And uh, we definitely are going to get you on another episode of the podcast on the future to talk more about TCG. So thanks a lot, Dan. I would love it. Thanks, guys. All right. That was a, that was a great conversation. Yeah, it was. That was, it was fun. a lot of fun. Um, so Grand Archive, I'm really interested in that game. Mm-hmm. Very much interested in that mm-hmm. game. Uh, altered as well. I don't know about my hero. <laughs> that Or universes. The universes system. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm glad there's people out there who enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know. It just might be a little too much for me. Yeah. Is it going to be too much it, for you, it's, Jim? Honestly, it seems like it. I, mean, I was playing an <laughs> aggro strategy, not even paying attention. You weren't because he was telling you no, what to play. I, I, I was upset attention. because I couldn't ask him what to play. <laughs> you stole him. <laughs> yeah, I did. But yeah, uh, Altered, a Grand Archive, and of yeah. course, Star Wars Unlimited. Those all seem a lot of fun. Yep. We've talked about Star Wars Unlimited on the show before. Um but, guys, let us know. What did you guys think of that conversation? <laughs> uh, let us know down below. Uh, Dan, a fantastic individual. We had a lot of fun talking to him. This is another one at the end of the conversation. We continued for – we could have we could have kept talking, but uh, I had like to let him go. Minutes, I had to let him go. I'm like, I've kept you way too long. <laughs> I'm like sitting back. You're like, oh, let's keep talking. <laughs> but – We'll have him back. We 100% will have him back because there's uh, he's got a lot of great insight. He's just like yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And I will tell you, I was talking to Ridge earlier today and um, talking about like our strengths as a podcast. And I'm like, one of the things I love about Jim is Jim just has that wealth of knowledge <laughs> when it comes to these TCGs that yeah. I know I don't have. And I just poke and I prod and I just uh-huh. pull it out. Yeah. So getting somebody on like Dan, mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 like another one of you almost. Yeah. When he was like twenty five years of magic, I'm like, woo, yeah, my man. Around, man, my man, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, before we get out of here, don't forget, guys, if you're listening on, uh, if you're listening to the podcast on one of these amazing uh, um, podcast services, don't forget, guys, if you could leave <laughs> us a five star review uh, and leave us an actual review, we'd be we would be uh, flattered to read that on the show. But also those five star ratings help us get into more ears and get out there to more people mm-hmm. so they can hear the goodness that is hobbies and happiness. So again, leave us that five star review on whatever podcast platform you are listening. And then if you are watching over on YouTube, 
Don't forget, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, and turn on bell notifications so you can be notified when we release more episodes of the podcast over on YouTube. So, before we go, Jim, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, at Jim Morgan, H-N-H. You guys can find me on Twitter, at underscore DJ Campbell. You guys can find me on Instagram, at Daniel.G.Campbell. If you head over to our website, www.hobbiesandhappiness.com, you can find links to all of our content there, uh, posts on a lot of different social services most of our content is going over to youtube.com slash hobbies and happy so again thanks everybody for hanging out with us today jim another fantastic conversation That's we've fun. got a lot of great topics in the pipeline i told jim about some of them and uh <laughs> we're excited to get those recorded out to you guys in the next in the coming weeks so thanks everybody for hanging out with us today and we'll catch you in the next episode see everybody take care